Thank you for tuning in to Art to Heart, where we delve into the creative minds of the artists in the Fort Wayne area. Each episode sheds light on the thoughts, feelings, and backgrounds of the artisans who bring pizzazz to Fort Wayne. Tune in for tips on tapping into your creative soul and for more information about upcoming events in the arts community. Joining me today is Talitha Shipman. Talitha is a local children's book illustrator and graphic and motion designer. Talitha's work is colorful and heartwarming. Her style has been compared to the well-known illustrator and Caldecott Medal winner, Christopher Rashka. Talitha lives right here in Fort Wayne, Indiana. I'm thrilled to have the opportunity to learn more about her and introduce her to my Art to Heart listeners. Thanks for joining me today. Thank you. Thanks for having me. So when did you first discover your artistic talent? We all draw as children. How long did it take for someone to point out your gift? Um, Pretty early on, I would say. My mom actually is an artist as well, and I just started scribbling, and she always made sure that I had brands markers, whatever. And as I got a little bit older, she really encouraged me and she would draw something. And so I would try to copy it. And we went on like that for a long time. And I'm guessing in elementary school, I was that kid who could draw. You know, there's always one of those kids in the class. And so I think it just really encouraged me to keep going and to keep practicing and to have my family um, really encourage it as well. Really made a difference. I bet people love to be your partner on projects so that you could be the person to draw everything for them. Yeah. You know that game Cranium? Yeah. Anytime you have to draw something or sculpt with clay, I'm like totally. You're our girl. (laughs) So you are a very creative person and Mm -hmm. I've noticed you have interest in all art, including architecture, design, and animation. Mm -hmm. What is your favorite creative outlet? Uh, Definitely illustration and drawing. Although I do like to do abstract painting, but I just haven't done it in a long time. Ah. But I'm thinking of getting back into it. I have like three canvases right now that are blank. (laughs) (laughs) And so I need to do something with them. But I think I kind of view illustration as my vocation. And then other things that I'm interested in, like painting, just kind of a hobby. Yeah. So because something is your vocation, does Mm -hmm. that take away any of the joy of it? Yeah, that's a really good question. Sometimes, yes. Oh, no. (laughs) Um, It depends on the client. Mm -hmm. It depends on the project. And I think all artists go through a time where they just feel like they're in a slump. Right. And I've had a couple times like that where I just, I feel like everything I do is ugly. It's horrible. I just want to chuck it. Um, (laughs) So I think there are ups and downs that I feel in regards to illustration. Right. But then I'll see something that will inspire me and then just want to run and grab my sketchbook and Mm -hmm. draw again. So I think when you're doing something that you love, that's also your job, Mm -hmm. you have to work really hard to stay inspired or else you're just going to start viewing it as a job, nine to five, and then it loses all the joy. Yeah. You mentioned that some things may inspire you and that's when you have to go and grab your notebook. Mm -hmm. What would those things be? Can you give us an example? Yeah. um, I follow Patagonia's blog. Okay. Um, and they had an article about organic cotton growers in India. Patagonia as in the jacket company? Yes. Okay. The clothing company. <laughs> yeah. and they're, they're very environmentally conscious and they're also working really hard to source organic cotton because it's better for the environment and it's better for people who are growing it. Mm-hmm. And so I read the article and I just immediately thought, wow, what a cool story. I'd love to illustrate something about that. Mm. How it 
how it affects the Indians that are growing the cotton, you know, how it positively affects them. And so I got this thought, well, maybe there's a little girl and she's harvesting cotton. Mm-hmm. And then Patagonia comes in and they're like, we want to buy your organic cotton, you know, and we're going to give you a fair price for it. So yeah. her family, all of a sudden, you know, they have uh, a better source of income. Maybe she can go to school. You know, so maybe there's a story behind that. Maybe not just an illustration, but maybe even a children's book yeah. behind that concept. Fair trade children's yeah. book. Yeah. <laughs> That's amazing. Definitely. So things that I see on the street, articles that I read, um, other artists work. I'm on Pinterest a lot. So I, I pin tons of stuff. And I kind of try to organize it like illustration or photographs, cultural things, you know, just um, crafts, you know, things I see on Etsy. I mean, it could be anything. It wouldn't necessarily need to be another artistic discipline. It could just mm-hmm. be something I saw on the street, like <laughs> like flowers or, you know, front yeah. porch. Or, and would you say that you're highly influenced by people, nature, and animals? Because that's what yes. I've kind of noticed. Yes, definitely. And I think that started at a very early age. Mm-hmm. My mom is one of those people that you can take a walk in the woods with her and you'll say, Mom, what kind of flower or plant that is that? And she will know the name of it and she'll know the background behind it and you know medicinal purposes for it. And so from an early age, nature was really important in our family. And we've always had animals. My mom grew up in the farm. So we had border collies and cats and, you know, stray animals. Like my sister raised a pigeon. Oh. <laughs> Bunnies, horses. I, I think, you know, just so there, there's always a menagerie in our in our house. So that definitely affected me. Oh, funny. And, a pigeon, huh? Yeah. I mean, there's always endless inspiration with animals and kids. Right. They're always doing unexpected things. They're always moving, mm-hmm. you know. So I think it's one of those things that, you know, as people, we're drawn to other people. We want to know more about them and communicate with them. And so that's a way for me, through my artwork, to kind of capture those moments maybe that I see that tell a story. And I can, you know, pull that moment out and illustrate it. And you know, it just helps me con- to connect yeah. with other people. That makes sense. Mm-hmm. So what emotions do you hope to exude from the viewers of your work? Definitely joy. Mm-hmm. I think, um, I, especially with children, I'd, I'd like them to enjoy picking up a book and reading it. You know, picture books are pretty much that, that first entree into reading for children. And the images, um, I don't think they're complementary. I think they're as important as mm-hmm. the words that are on the page. And so from an early age, if they can, you know, gain a love of reading and a love of art, yeah. I think that's really important. And picture books are a great way to do that. Mm-hmm. And it's another way for parents to bond with their kids. So just, just reading. And since we've had Coral, my daughter, we've read a lot of picture books to her. And at first, she just wanted to eat them. You know, she'd <laughs> grab them and stuff right. a corner in her mouth and... They were so slobbery that some of the pages were like stuck together. The board books, you know, you yes. had to like peel them apart to read them to her the next time. Yeah. And just this week, she started looking at the pictures, like really looking at them, and she'll slap the page and be like, ah, ah, ah. ah. She gets so excited to see the pictures, and she has no idea what they are. Yeah. But it's bringing her so much joy. So right. that really just encourages me to keep doing what I'm doing because I know that a lot of other little kids are having the exact same experience that Coral is. Yeah, and you've had a lot of success so far with your books. You've got three currently that you've produced. Mm-hmm. Can you talk to us about that process and what that's like? Yeah, it's a great process. It's a lot of fun, but it's really time-consuming. Um, <laughs> usually what happens is the client will 
approach me or my agent about possibly illustrating a book, and they'll send the manuscript. So I'll have a chance to look over the manuscript and decide if it's something I'm interested in doing. And from there, they'll usually give me direction. Mm. It depends on uh, the client, how much direction I'm given. Sometimes they'll say, just do whatever you want. And other times they'll have very specific directions. Oh, okay. Um, for instance, my last book, Everybody Says Shalom, it's a book about Israel. On the first page, the client wanted a whole group of different people, like very ethnically diverse because Israel is mm-hmm. very diverse. And they also wanted to make sure that there was a child in the wheelchair. Oh, okay. So I thought that was really cool. And so just sometimes it's very, very specific. Um, so next... Uh, I would do character studies, and I'd send those to the editor. They'd take a look at them, maybe provide some feedback. We kind of nail down what the characters are going to look like. And then we move on to thumbnails, which Mm. would be like a storyboard. We're laying out the imagery for each spread, which is, you know, both sides of the page. And we do that for the whole book. And sometimes the covers as well, but oftentimes the cover will come last Mm. after all of the um, interior spreads are done. And then they'll take a look at the storyboards, provide feedback. I'll do some more detailed sketches for each page, which helps me too, because then I have kind of a template when I go to paint and finish the illustrations. Mm -hmm. And so then I scan all those in because I usually do the sketches in my sketchbook and I will illustrate them in Photoshop. It sounds like a really fun process. Mm -hmm. It is. And the one thing I really enjoy is that it's uh, kind of a collaborative process mm-hmm. between me and the editor and sometimes some other people, like there might be an art director involved as well. Mm-hmm. So they'll give me a lot of feedback. They'll have some great ideas, things that I would have never thought of. Mm-hmm. So, you know, a children's book, it takes a lot of people to, yeah. to get it from point A to like actually finally published. Mm-hmm. And I really like that. I like working with other people. Sometimes as an illustrator, it can get kind of lonely because you're just off by yourself, you know, working in your studio or hunched over your computer, you know, in my case, because right. I don't paint with traditional media. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so it's really nice to have people that you can bounce ideas off right. with during that whole process. It helps a lot. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Now, you mentioned that you don't paint with traditional media. What do yeah. you use? I actually use Photoshop, and I have a lot of different brushes, some that I've created and some that I've purchased. There's actually a really good um, group of brushes that a lot of Disney animators use. Oh, very um, cool. By His name is Kyle T. Webster. He's a cool guy, so you should check him out. <laughs> um, but those are really helpful because they mimic watercolor. They mimic oil, um, acrylic. Um, there are pencil brushes. There are pen brushes. I mean, the list just goes on and on. If you do a search online, you can find like a million different Photoshop brushes. So um, this yeah. is all on a computer. Mm-hmm. These yeah. brushes are all on a computer. Yes, do you still like use your hands? Brushes. Oh, yeah, definitely. You still use your hand. Okay. Yeah, so I've got like a, a Wacom tablet and I can draw using my hand. If I had to use like the mouse, oh boy, that would be really, really hard. I just, I'm left-handed. Oh, yeah. And so when when I try to like do anything with my right hand, which is actually, ironically, the hand that I use for my mouse, it's just horrible. (laughs) Yeah. Well, you love to do it all. Take us on a tour of your brain from the point of inspiration to the final outcome. Uh, So I usually just, you know, get an idea. Sometimes they pop into my head in the middle of my work day. (laughs) And so I have a little notebook. I'll just like quickly sketch down a really ugly, like down and dirty sketch. It's, no one could tell what it was, probably, besides me. <laughs> and sometimes I'll completely forget about that sketch, or sometimes it'll really stick in my head, and 
I'll want to take it to a final illustration. So I'll usually take that really messy sketch and I'll scan it into the computer and I'll draw over it and just kind of refine it until mm. I get um, get it where I want to be. And then I will take the Photoshop brushes and paint it. Yeah. And a lot of times when I get to the painting stage and a lot of other artists will tell you this, you love your sketch and then you start painting the final and you're like, oh, this is so horrible. Like, it's just not working. Like, yeah. you, you lose something in the translation. And so I spend a lot of time on the final fiddling things. Like, right. uh, you know, I'll draw an eyeball like 10 times and my husband thinks I'm kind of neurotic, but. Yeah, no, <laughs> it's just, important. Like, I have to, I ha it has to be perfect. Sometimes I just have to say, okay, you're crazy. It's good enough. Let's, <laughs> let's move on to the next eyebrow, you know. <laughs> so, yeah. It, it takes a lot of time to do the painting because I paint each separate color or element usually in a different layer mm -hmm. so I can change it out later. And that's really helpful um, for an illustrator because we have tight deadlines usually. Mm -hmm. And if a client comes back and says, hey, can you make that shirt blue instead of pink? I can do that very easily just by changing the color right. um, in Photoshop instead of having to repaint it. Yeah. Now, do you see colors in your head? Sometimes, I think it depends. I I tend to pick more realistic colors, mm -hmm. but I've been trying to kind of work on my color palette and be a little bit more creative and maybe, I don't know, more daring mm -hmm. with some of my color choices. Because yeah. I'll tend to look at something and be like, oh, well, in the picture, that person is wearing an orange shirt, so maybe I should make my illustration orange or yeah. whatever. You know, I, but I definitely... I usually start with a color palette. Mm -hmm. um, I decide that before I work on the illustration. Yeah, that makes sense. Now, you've mentioned that you have a little girl named Coral, and I know she's very young, but do you think you'll make art an integral part of her childhood? Yes, definitely. I think it will be kind of organic for her because she'll just see her mom working on art a mm -hmm. lot. But I don't want it to just be, oh, mom does art. I'm like, okay, that's, that's her thing. Yeah. yeah. I, I really want to encourage her to be creative in her own way, whatever that ends up being, even if she doesn't end up being an artist. You know, I I think that all kids start out being creative, and then at some point it kind of gets stamped out of them. Oh, you know, yeah. someone tells them, oh, you're not a very good drawer. Maybe you should be an accountant instead or you know, <laughs> whatever. And I think even an accountant can, you know, be creative in some way. I think that that's just a God-given gift to us that, we all have that ability in us somewhere and it all manifests itself differently in each individual like you're a dancer. Mm -hmm. so, so that is definitely creative. So I really want to encourage that in her. I just, I want her to find that thing that really makes your heart sing and that will help her to be creative throughout her entire life. And maybe it will change. Yeah. Very true. I really hope that. You seem to have a passion for the arts and kind of inspiring others. And I read that you lived in Savannah, Georgia for a little while. And while you were there, you co-owned a student-led illustration cooperative. How important is it to you to support other artists and especially those just starting out? I think it's really important because a little bit of encouragement goes a really long way. Mm -hmm. I have a mentor. Her name's Violet LeMay, and I interned with her um, down in Savannah, actually. She's a fellow illustrator, and she just really encouraged me and actually showed me how she does her process. She works digitally as well. And I, oh, yeah. I would have never thought to have done that before. Mm -hmm. And so she kind of helped me along to, you know, find um, a different way to create my, my art. And so I still talk with her 
I still sometimes through Facebook or email, we communicate and oh, great. I follow her career. She's been doing tons of books right now. So I think that if young artists can find something to latch onto, mm-hmm. you know, that can really encourage them and when they're unsure about maybe their career choice or, <laughs> yeah. you know, what they want to do with the rest of their life. Is this viable? Like, can I make money with this? Can I feed my family with this? You know, can I do what I love and still pay the bills? Right. If there's someone there that says, yes, you can. It's going to be hard. It's going to be a lot of work. Yeah. Got to stick to it. Um, that just really helped me a lot mm-hmm. um, in my artistic journey. My family, mentors, professors, all were really encouraging. I think there's there's kind of this competitive nature to a lot of art programs at different colleges that I don't think that really helps artists so much. I think it kind of hurts them. I think the more collaboration and the more we can bounce ideas off of each other Mm -hmm. and the more that professors can not hit students against each other, but like Mm -hmm. help them to come together as a group, their art's going to be stronger. And you've mentioned to me, um, kind of in our corresponding back and forth, that, that you've noticed a lot of talent here in Fort Wayne. What would you say to the artists in Fort Wayne who only dabble in their craft but have the desire to do more? I would say that now is like one of the best times ever to get involved in the arts. You have a lot of different outlets. You have a lot more ways to share your artwork now online. So like Fort Wayne or just in general because of social media? I think just in general. But I think that Fort Wayne is definitely having a renaissance yes. in the arts community. <laughs> and I was just driving down Broadway and I'm like, oh, look at all these cool little shops that I didn't know were there before. And, yeah. You know, all of the stuff that's going on. It's really exciting. And I think, you know, the arts community has been at the forefront of it. So, you know, people in Fort Wayne who are just starting out, I think you have the ability to change Fort Wayne but you also have that global reach now that's really important that's going to help you to you know, sell your work, to find an audience bond beyond just people in Fort Wayne, which I think we have a strong community, but there's only so many people that you know can purchase art here. Right. So, I mean, just because we are a smaller community, I think you know, having that outlet of being able to post your work online and get that following is going to make a big difference for artists here. Yeah. And I think it already has made a big difference. Very true. (laughs) Yeah. So we talked a little bit earlier about your three books. What are the titles and where can people find them? Oh, yeah. You can find them all on Amazon. Um, The first one is called You Are My Little Cupcake. (laughs) And uh, when I first saw the manuscript, I was like, I don't understand this. We're comparing babies to cupcakes. And I was a little (laughs) bit creeped out about it. Now that I have a baby, I'm not creeped out about it. I get it. Totally get it. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> they are really super sweet. So that was a book one in a series, and the second one is called You Are My Little Pumpkin Pie. Are these by the um, same author? They are by the okay. same author. It's like Amy. she really likes food. Yes. Amy <laughs> Skolansky is her name, and it's just a really cute, sweet little read, great for babies. Um, mm-hmm. A lot of people have told me that they bought it for baby showers. Oh, nice. That's a gift. So that, that was, aw, that's really cool. Um, and then the third book that I did recently is called Everybody Says Shalom, mm-hmm. and that's by uh, Leslie Kimmelman, and it's all about Israel. It's a really interesting read. It's a really good introduction um, to kind of the culture of Israel, the geography, the plants and animals oh, wow. that live there, and I learned a lot just by researching that yeah. book. And Israel was not like one of those top 10 places that I thought I wanted to visit. And uh-huh. now it totally is. I yeah. love to go to Israel. It's an amazing country. So that was really fun. I really enjoyed illustrating that book. Falafels. 
Yeah. Falafels. <laughs> oh, yeah. Good food. <laughs> amazing history. Yeah. Um, great beaches. <laughs> great nightlife. Apparently, all that, that didn't end up in the book. <laughs> <laughs> Children's book. <laughs> Babies in bars. Yes, exactly. <laughs> you know, they have deserts and then they have lush valleys and mountains where you can go skiing. I mean, it's oh, That's cool. It's, yeah. Hmm, maybe it needs to be on my list. Yeah. And how do we find you on social media? I am on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, and Pinterest. <laughs> and I think for all of them, it's pretty much the same, just to leave the shipment illustration. Okay. And if you'd search for that, I'm guessing I'll pop up. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And your website was very informative and very fun because mm-hmm. you have a lot of sample work on there. Yeah. Are you working on anything currently? I am. Yeah. I'm working on a manuscript and a children's book dummy, which is just um, basically something you'd submit to the publisher. It's okay. Cool. The whole book, yeah, sketches and everything put together um, about a sloth and a hummingbird oh, wow. <laughs> named Mo and Ava. And so it's set in the rainforest. And I've shopped it around to a couple of different publishers and no bites yet. Yeah. And I've been reworking the manuscript a lot, too, like five times. Mm-hmm. I'm trying to get the story right. I just yeah. I can't quite get it. It's not there yet, but I'm working on it. Um, and so that hopefully would be my first book that I've written and illustrated because yes. I love to do that. I love illustrating other people's books, but I like to do my own too. Yeah. So that's what I'm currently working on. That's fantastic. Yeah. And sloths are very in right now. They are. <laughs> and actually, when I started working on this, it was two years ago and they were, it was just beginning, like the sloth craze. The sloth craze. And I've been working on it for so long, I'm afraid that I'm missing the boat. Because now, like, Zootopia, oh, no. I don't know if you've seen that. I like, have. The, I, loved, yeah. I loved it. Yeah, that was pretty good. Flash, the sloth. And I'm kind of, I'm a little bit bummed about how sloths are portrayed in the media, actually. Mm-hmm. Because if you do some research about them, they actually, I mean, yes, they are slow. But they're not lazy. I mean, they they uh, they were really good swimmers. Oh, okay. Which hopefully would end up in my book. Probably <laughs> something that not many people know. Right. <laughs> they just kind of hang on a tree and then when the water gets really hot they like just drop off and swim huh you know go for a dip but they're really fascinating creatures you should look up more and go on sloths they're very cute well it was fantastic getting to know you i know Mm -hmm. that everyone's gonna have to be on the lookout for this new project and we're gonna find your three current books that are out there and i'm just so thankful that i got the opportunity to meet you talk with you and share your story with other fort wayne creatives Thank you very much. It's been awesome. I always like to end my podcasts with a quote, something that will inspire us, just some food for thought for the day. So this is a quote within a quote by Dr. Seuss. He said, I like nonsense. It wakes up the brain cells. Fantasy is a necessary ingredient in living. It's a way of looking at life through the wrong end of a telescope, which is what I do. And that enables you to laugh at life's realities. Sometimes you will never know the value of a moment until it becomes a memory. And that's a wrap. Thanks for tuning in, everybody.
I always like to end my podcasts with a quote, something that will inspire us, just some food for thought for the day. So this is a quote within a quote by Dr. Seuss. He said, I like nonsense. It wakes up the brain cells. Fantasy is a necessary ingredient in living. It's a way of looking at life through the wrong end of a telescope, which is what I do. And that enables you to laugh at life's realities. Sometimes you will never know the value of a moment until it becomes a memory. And that's a wrap. Thanks for tuning in, everybody.